Hey, everybody, Sound of Sanity coming right up. But first, a brief word about what we're doing this week. You are actually going to get, in some sense, zero episodes of Sound of Sanity this week. And in another sense, you're going to get three. What do I mean by that? Well, let me explain. My name is Nathan Alberson, your humble and obedient host. Over there, we've got Benjamin J. Solzer. It's me. The It is I. Engineer, actually. performer, consultant panelist on sound of sanity panelist all these things <laughs> yes ben why don't you introduce our third compatriot well it looks to me like it's pastor jacob mensel the master of sanity that's me master of sanity yep he's a very <laughs> sane man what are we doing here it's the end of the year we're wrapping things up for sound of sanity this year and we want to end it with a bang so let's talk about Sound of Sanity, because in order to explain what we're doing here, we have to talk about Sound of Sanity and where it's at and what it's become. Jake, Sound of Sanity's changed a lot since its humble beginnings. True or false? True. We went from three guys in a room talking about what made us feel crazy to a show that is... A little crazy. Pretty crazy in itself. Mm -hmm. We started adding sketches and skits and parody segments, which gave us characters that we then started using to to tell stories. Tell stories. That's right. And so... Next week, you're going to get the two-part finale to our the, the story, the, the, the Pastor Stu story. As this I'm first sure. story that we've been telling. This first story that we've been telling. You can call it the Pastor Stu story. You can call it the Ricky story. You can call it the Rose Bloom story. I myself would not call it the Pastor Stu story, but I'm guessing that's how some but of our just did, fine so. listeners talk, think yeah. about it. So He is the figure that looms, he looms large, large over this yes. particular story. Shadow yep. of Pastor Stu. The shadow of Pastor Stu, yes. The present darkness that is... So here's the deal. Today, tomorrow, and the day after tomorrow, we are going to re-release the plot episodes that led up to the big two-part finale with a little bit of commentary before each one to kind of get people up to speed. We want to kind of show the evolution of these stories, catch up anybody that's been left behind, kind of explain where things are at so that People are ready for our big two-part finale. You ready for the big two-part finale next week, Ben? Oh, I know I am, Nathan. Yeah, but some of our listeners might need a little bit of a primer, so... They might. We can help them. That's what this is. What you're about to hear is an episode entitled Someone Special, which is kind of the first big plot episode. It's also kind of the third or fourth big plot episode. Yeah, we introduced the idea that Sanityville was actually a place where all of these sketch characters live Mm -hmm. in our Father's Day episode. Right. And then in our Independence Day episode, which we're calling, um, if you go back, it's been renamed Saga, Saga 1.1. That's the July 2nd episode. It's entitled Independence yeah, Day. Yeah, that's the first time we see some of these characters interacting with one another, the Hemanologians and Benjamin Q. Sulcer and the Rapid Fire guys, Chip, interacting with people. And we meet a character named Ricky Rosebloom, who's at the heart of the story that we're telling now. Right. We had heard Mm -hmm. tell of Ricky before in the sketches that are called Mortification of Pin, which feature a character named Erica Rosebloom that you may or may not be familiar with. Which you can go back and listen to all of those. The easiest way to do that, of course, is to be a Patreon subscriber because we just have them all there individually and you can go listen to them all. But Ben, where would I go if if I wanted to become a a Patreon subscriber? Well, you... Go to patreon.com forward slash sound of sanity, Nathan, and you'd for the cost of a cup of coffee a month, you could get access to all of our skits and sketches and things. All Plus in one some place. bonus ones, including yeah. something that's 
that went up a couple days ago, uh, an episode of Expecto Redempto yes, yes. by Ricky and Pastor Stu. Right, mm-hmm. a very a classic podcast if there ever was one. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. very uncomfortable five minutes of your life that you can sign up for <laughs> and, and, and listen to. Yep, some he- some He-Man Elogian adventures in there too. Yeah, I don't know like where that. they're at. Have they gone to the jungle yet? But I don't know. They're always up to something. They're in Japan. They're oh, they're in Japan right now. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yes, good. Um, <laughs> I think they're going to de- fight the Yakuza next month. Uh, right, 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 something nice. like that. That's exciting. Well, we've got plenty of He-Man Elogians <laughs> adventures behind the paywall there. It's a good place to get a primer. But what you need to know is in in the Independence Day episode, which was on July 2nd, and then on July 23rd, we released our second plot episode, I guess we'd call it, a saga episode, The Gospel Coalition Strikes Back. In those, we met a character named Ricky Rosebloom, who's kind of a disaffected 19, 20-year-old girl who is the daughter of the oppressive Christian supermom, Erica Rosebloom, who runs Mortification of... Pin. pin, as in Pinterest, Mop. yes. The Christian Mothering Podcast, where Pinterest meets podcasting. Uh, so we met her. She's the daughter of Matt and Erica Rosebloom. And we met Ollie the Bartender. Ben, tell us about Ollie the Bartender. Ollie the Bartender is a, he's a bartender. He's named Ollie. He has a newsy kind of an accent. Mm-hmm. And he's sort of an orphan. Yeah, and he works odd jobs at... Lots of places. Pretty much every place in town. But Pretty much any any place we need somebody to be behind a register right. or serve waiting a table, it's going to be Ollie that's doing it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's just a hardworking guy, man. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's, I think we have five places so far, right? Hrothgar's Hall, uh, Hall yes. Perkin That's Bean. where he's the bartender, yes. yep. Dinky's Diner. Perkin Bean the Coffee Shop, Dinky's Diner. Sanityville Movie Palace. Yes. Movie Palace. And American. And American, yeah, he's right. the floors I forgot American. that he works. Yeah. I got somebody needs some some it's super the, fan needs to put together a wiki wiki so I can keep track of all this stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. the store chain owned and run by the Rapid Fire guys. American because there's nothing. American, American. So yeehaw, yeehaw. Yeah. This episode, the, the one that you're about to hear, this is where the plot really kicks in, and this is where we sort of really, I think, decided behind the scenes, like we're gonna do plots. plots. Plot plots. Because the other episodes where we were playing with plots, they were standalone type things that really followed the same narrative structure as a normal Sound of Sanity episode. Establish a problem and well, I won't give I won't give away all of our structural secrets, but I think if you're looking, you can see that our episodes do follow a certain structure and that these There may or may not be a problem. There may or may not be a devil's advocate segment. There may or may not be a solution. We're not gonna say there may be more to it than that, but (laughs) maybe. (laughs) But be that as it may, these episodes definitely followed that kind of, you know, here's some characters, they're representing the devil. So there's all that kind of stuff happening. Someone special was actually, I think we can go ahead and say it was originally designed that way. That's right. It was actually designed to be one of those standalone episodes. Mm -hmm. And we had two devil's advocates. They were Ricky and Pastor Stu, and it was going to be an episode about grief. Mm -hmm. It took on a life of its own. It took on a life of its own as we got into writing it. Here we are. Yeah, here we are. So this is a interesting episode. You can hear how it sort of starts as a normal sanity episode, which is not something I think we're ultimately doing with the plot episodes. They're much more standalone in the sense of we don't need Nathan and Jake to come on and introduce things every time. But or to be really involved. Right. But you can hear mm-hmm. how this episode is we're transitioning out of that a little bit, but it's it's really kind of coming into its own as a plot episode. And it has a sad I don't think I'm telling tales out of school to say it has a sad cliffhanger ending which um you'll if if you're listening to this stuff for the first time you'll get to hear part two tomorrow because we're going to come back on wednesday and thursday to talk you through the next couple episodes and then we'll come back next week with the conclusion to the saga do we need to say anything else to set up someone special guys 
I don't think so. If you guys want to go good. back, get introduced to Ricky and Chip and Pastor Stu, you can listen to the Independence Day episodes and the Gospel Coalition Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Those would be the two main places to look. This is it. This is where the, the story really begins to take off. Ground zero, as they say. All right, let's give our, let's give our attention, class, to someone special. You're now listening to The Sound of Sanity. This sound will continue for the duration of the program. Hey everybody, welcome to Sound of Sanity. This is Nathan, your humble and obedient host, and whoa, Coming to you on this dark and stormy night from our studios here in Sanityville. Across from me, of course, is Pastor Menzel. Jacob, how you doing today? Happy to be inside out of the rain, man. Yeah, well, we are about to venture out into the storm, actually. Yeah, you got the car all filled up and everything? Yeah, you know me, Jake. I put the best people on the job. Yeah, so we should probably explain what's going on today. Yeah, this, of course, is the episode that's coming out before Labor Day, which is a holiday, and... Believe it or not, me and Jake have to take the day off. Yep, sorry about that, guys. Basically, we had a bunch of stuff piling up, and along long and the short of it is we're off to record an episode of our other podcast, The Bookening, a fine podcast on literature, available wherever fine podcasts are downloadable. We are off to record that with our good friend, Brandon Chastine. Yeah, we should have that guy on Sound of Sanity sometime. He's kind of awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, as everybody knows, I'm sure, Brandon is a professor of literature at Sanityville University. And like all good professors of literature, he is kind of an eccentric old soul. He is a bit of an eccentric old soul, an EOS. And he lives with his wife, Anna, and their kids in Sanityville, so that's where we're going. That is indeed where we're going. Okay, well, I guess that's it for Sanity this week. Well, but last time we took a holiday off, the citizens of Sanityville ended up having some interesting interactions with one another, right? Right, yes. Interactions that neatly illustrated a point, almost like the point that would be in a regular episode of Sound of Sanity. Right, but there's no way that's what's happening this time. Absolutely no way. Nothing interesting ever happens Insanityville, Jake. Right. Well, there was a funeral today. Oh, yeah. Um, old Abe McGregory. He was a nice guy. Yeah. Did you know that he was Erica Rosebloom's dad? Wait, he was. You mean Erica Rosebloom, Erica Rosebloom? Yeah, like Mortification of Pin. She does little segments on our podcast sometimes. popular mothering podcast for moms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the one that we (laughs) we use sometimes in an entirely unironic manner. Completely unironic, yes. Mm. The very same Erica Rosebloom. That was her dad, huh? Well, I can imagine that that was a fun funeral. I mean, I know every every funeral's fun, but I'm... Oh, come on. Surely her husband, Matt, disciplined her to keep things in check and under control. Not to go way overboard with... Not to go overboard with anything. I don't even know how you Erica oh. Rosebloom a funeral but I'm sure Erica Believe Rosebloom me, there's a way <laughs> knows. If, if anybody knows a way it's Erica Rosebloom <sighs> oh boy well um well did you hear anything about how it went uh well I guess I heard that the oldest Rosebloom girl um what is it get her name Nikki right. Ricky well I heard that she walked out in a huff that she just left how old is she she's like 19-ish or something so she's right there on that yeah on the edge I mean frankly Jake 19 or no, if I had to attend a service at First Church of Sanityville, I might walk out too. Pastor Stu officiated, so... Oh, brother, that guy gives me the creeps. Okay, well, whatever. None of this is going to have any bearing on our lives or how we spend the next couple hours, I'm sure. Yeah. So, 
Let's hit the road. We got the full tank of gas because I put the best people on it. Let's go to Brandon and Anna's and get this booking episode knocked out. Yeah, they probably just got the kids to bed. Holy mackerel. Will you listen to that rain, darling? Very pretty, dear. The rain plays a little sleep song on our roof at night, and I love the rain. Mm, Langston Hughes. I don't know which I like better. The poetry of Hughes, or the poetry of your eyes in the lamplight. Oh, darling. But I'm afraid that's enough poetry for now. I better get started on those eclairs. Your friends will be here any moment. Yes, my turtle dove. But I don't give a rip about any of that right now. Not while my eyes are drinking in the vision of wifely loveliness that stands before me. Well, this vision of wifely loveliness has to go get started on those eclairs. Curses. Pox upon that infernal doorbell. I'll be in the kitchen, dearest. Then that's where my thoughts will be as well, darling. Stupid Nathan and Jake. Well, wouldn't you know it? It's Ricky Rosebloom. Your powers of observation do you credit. You should invite her in. Come in, Ricky. You're all wet. Another brilliant deduction, Holmes. Come in. Sit down. You want a smart water? Or some kombucha? No, I'm not that thirsty. Or that pretentious. She'll have a Coke, honey. Pretentious. <laughs> That's a good one. I'll just have a glass of sherry. Unless that Merlot's finished aerating. I only put it in the decanter an hour ago. Hi, Ricky. Here's your Coke. You want to help me bake some eclairs? Maybe I'll just sit here for now, if that's okay. Sit yourself. Well, what's up? Nothing. Come on now. I, I know you, seriously. Does something have to be up? Maybe I just wanted a Coke. Yeah, and, and maybe I'm a Chinese fireman. Very witty, dear. Thanks, darling. So are you going to tell me what it is, or do I have to put on my Sherlock Holmes hat? Better fetch the hat. Okay, missy. Darling, where's my Sherlock Holmes hat? It's on the rack. In the hallway, dear. To the rack in the hallway. I wonder where Nathan and Jake are. Oh, brother. Benjamin Q. Solzer had one job. Fill up the car with gas. I told you. Don't use him for anything. I thought he could handle buying some gas. And yet, here we sit in the middle of nowhere with an empty tank. At this rate, let's see, we won't get the booking done tonight. Um, I guess somebody's gonna have to walk back to the gas station in the rain. All right, uh, let's do a coin toss. Heads, I win. Tails, you lose. Whoa, whoa, slow your roll, Anton Sugar. I wasn't born yesterday. Tails, I win. Okay, so heads, I win. And tails, I win. Okay, heads, I win. Tails, I win. That's right, Buster. What am I, Daffy Duck? Good news, Ricky. I've got my Sherlock Holmes hat. Should I applaud now or hold till later? It's called a deer stalker, darling. Do I look dashing? Something about it's a little dorky. That's because I forgot my magnifying glass. I've got it here. Okay, perfect. Outstanding. Now I can solve Ricky's problem in style. And how. All right, Ricky. We can get to it. What brought you here tonight? Well, who doesn't want to see the great consulting detective? Ask her about her grandpa's funeral today. What's that? Her grandfather's funeral was today. Why didn't we go? Because the Rose Blooms, who aren't named Ricky, hate us. Oh, yeah. It was a celebration right. of life, and I don't want to talk about it. Okay, so then why'd you come to talk about it? Who says I came over to talk about it? My lovely wife, for one. 
Right, dearest? Yes, darling. I'm not going to let you go until we talk about it. Who says I want to go? Well, okay, then. We can sit here in silence. You're lucky we haven't started podcasting yet, because that's death for podcasts. Uh, hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yes, sir, this would be death for a podcast. So this was your mom's dad? Grandpa McGregory? Yeah. Were you guys close? He was like a grandpa-grandpa. He used to pull silver dollars out of my ear. That was cool until I got to be 14 or something, and then it was just lame. Was your mom close to him? She's super mom. Everyone gets along with her. Sometimes she strikes Mrs. Chastine and I as... A little much. Yeah. So how's she handling it? Handling it. She's handling it by filling glass ornaments with petunia petals. One ornament for everyone in the extended family. She says it was his favorite flower. She doesn't get sad. She gets busy. She makes things and does things for other people until they want to puke. Well, listen, if you're... I'm fine. She doesn't look fine. You don't look fine. Seriously, I'm okay. I mean, I liked Grandpa. He was a nice guy. He liked kids. We didn't stay as close when I got older. I don't know. Maybe he wasn't as good with teenagers. Well, he wasn't as good with anybody after Grandma died. He was still nice, though. He still smiled a lot, but he didn't talk as much. I don't know. He still liked to give us those silver dollars, no matter how old I got. Maybe he should have adjusted for inflation, though. I would have got more excited about a 20 being pulled out of my ear. See, Ricky, it really helps to talk about things like this, doesn't it? I don't know. My mom's cousin talks. She posted a post longer than all of Harry Potter on Facebook. I couldn't hold back the tears this morning. Blah, blah, blah. Vanilla bean ice cream was his favorite, so I drove to Dairy Queen and blah, blah, blah. And what should come on the radio but Cat Stevens and blah, 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 blah. It went on and on and on. Like, what was she to him? It got like 192 likes, though. (sighs) Everyone grieves in their own way. She was only grieving because she didn't get 193. Yeah, okay, that's dumb, but that's not you. Yeah, because I'm not talking about it. Give sorrow words. The grief that does not speak knits up the oar-wrought heart. And bids it break. I love it when you quote Shakespeare, Mona Moore. I just decided I'm going to handle this one the mature way. Okay then, Ricky, what's the mature way? I'm not going to make my problems other people's problems. You know, doesn't the Bible say consider others better than yourselves? I helped my brother Chad with his suit this morning. I went and watched everybody tell their stories and look at the photos around the urn. I don't have to bother you with it. Maybe we want to be bothered with it. Great Caesar's ghost! Nathan and Jake! Greetings, friend. Pastor Stu. What brings you to my door on this stormy night? The good hand of the Lord, Brother Chastine. I'm not sure I understand, Stu. Well, Brother Chastine, what I mean is that I've been sent on a mission of mercy. Is that young Ricky's bicycle here upon your porch? Ricky who? Why, I'm speaking of Miss Rosebloom, of course. Her parents were most distraught to find her suddenly absent from her grandfather's celebration of life. And to think of her shivering, cold, vulnerable, alone, in such a storm as this. And it's such a storm of grief. (laughs) And so I ask you again, sir, did she find solace upon your doorstep? Oh, hey, Pastor Stu. What are you doing here? Hello, Ricky. 
I was hoping to talk to you at the celebration. I really wanted to talk to you, Pastor Stu, but um, I figured you would be so busy talking to everyone else. Why don't you come in? Well, actually, my good friends are coming to podcast. Well, then this is providential timing indeed. I wouldn't want to be in your way, and I'm sure Ricky wouldn't want to be either, so why don't I just throw young Ricky's bicycle in the back of my Jeep, and I'll take her home. That way, Ricky, you and I can talk along the way. Yeah, well, Ricky, actually, I was I was hoping you could um stick around and uh, be a part of our podcast on Harry Potter. I know how much those books mean to you, and I, uh, you'd be a great addition tonight. And... Many a time, Ricky and I have discussed the magic of redemptive themes in Harry Potter. In fact, I'm developing a Sunday school class on the topic, and I thought of asking Ricky to be my intern. Or should I say, apprentice. How about it, Hermione? <laughs> uh, I mean... I don't know what I could possibly say that you haven't already thought of. Oh, Ricky, if Hermione Granger was as bashful as you, Lord Voldemort would rule us all. Okay, well, you should probably... Step inside out of the rain, yes. Oh, that's very nice. Do I smell eclairs? Uh, yeah, sit down over there, Pastor Stu. Excuse me for just a moment. Anna! Why on earth did you let him in? Because, I mean, you didn't see how she responded to him, how she looked at him when he came in the door. He's got some, like, power. I don't even know where it comes from. I'm doing everything I can to make sure she does not get into that Jeep with him. What do we do? We've got to come up with some sort of plan. I thought this was a good night for Sherlock Holmes, but it looks like it's a better night for Van Helsing. I'm so sorry once again, Ricky, about your dear grandfather. I'm sure it hurt deeply to lose him. Can I tell you a secret? Of course, Ricky. I didn't feel too much of anything. Oh, Ricky. Feelings are funny little things. Like house elves. Sometimes they don't know what to do until you tell them. But unlike house elves, they don't always obey. But as Albus Dumbledore said... Numbing the pain for a while will make it worse when you finally feel it. But I'm not numbing it. You know, I hope you won't be offended by my saying so, but when I saw your mother today working so hard on all her little projects, I thought to myself, how sad. Yeah, I know, right? She just doesn't want to think about how she really is. I mean, or whatever. Yes, yes, that's absolutely right, Ricky. And I find that a lot of people mask what they really feel. But that's what I like about you, Ricky. You're the real deal. What you see is what you get. You know, in some ways, you remind me a lot of old King David. Really? Well, yeah. King David was a man of passion. When he felt like saying something, he said it. When he felt like doing something, he did it. Sometimes it even got him into trouble. But you know what? He was never lukewarm. And it's the lukewarm person that Jesus spits out of his mouth. The Bible says King David was a man after God's own heart. See, I don't know if I am a girl after God's own heart. Well, Ricky, the first step to being a woman after God's own heart is admitting your own brokenness. Because God loves those who are poor in spirit, and he hates a hypocrite. Think about the people that Jesus surrounded himself with. Tax collectors and adulteresses and prostitutes. These weren't perfect people, 
But they were passionate people. They were people that knew their own brokenness. They were people in touch with all of their inner longings and desires. Yeah, but I don't know how to feel about anything. May I sit down on the couch with you? Yeah. The truth is, Ricky, we all feel lots of different ways. It's not important right now whether you feel a little or feel a lot. What's important is that you're honest about your feelings and don't plaster over them with eclairs and Coca-Cola. But sometimes aren't eclairs and Coca-Cola just what you need? Oh, of course, Ricky, of course, sometimes they are. But if that's all we have to offer one another, well, we don't want to neglect our inner life, do we? I know I shouldn't, Pastor Stu. You know, Ricky, I've helped a lot of people through these sorts of things, and I think you're more upset than you know. What do you mean? Ricky, I know you're unhappy with your mother. Yeah? Or maybe let's be more honest. You're angry with your mother. Yeah. Yes? Sometimes you look at her and you just feel yourself just burning alive. And maybe you weren't that close to your grandfather, but he was kind. And he was real, wasn't he? And now one more piece of reality has slipped away, or should I say, God took it away. And he didn't just take it from you. He took it from your baby brother, Chad. Chad's going to become just like them, and you're going to watch. And it's going to hurt so bad you might just switch off and never feel another thing. I know that sometimes when you sit in the pew on Sunday mornings with your mom and dad, all of you wearing your happy family costumes, you dream of the person you could have been. And you wonder why God made you the one you are, and you're angry and you're afraid because you think there might not be an escape. Yes? What do I do? Well, you can start by talking to someone. Someone who understands you. Why don't we get out of here? Be done with eclairs and Coca-Cola. In the words of Albus Dumbledore once again, let us step out into the night and pursue that flighty temptress adventure. <laughs> uh, where will we go? All right. It's been long enough. So I guess I'll just write a nice little note to Nathan and be off to the Chastines alone in the rain. Just walking and narrating as I walk. Hey, howdy there, Pastor Mental. Matt Rosebloom, is that you? You look like a man in need of a ride, Pastor. Cock-a-doodle-doo, more than happy to give you a ride, sir. There's a flask in the glove compartment, something to warm you right up. Well, it's pretty cold out. <coughs> what is this, limeade? That's right, partner. The finest limeade in the West. Don't tell the wife, though. She says all that sugar isn't good for me. Speaking about your wife, I was sorry to hear about your father-in-law's funeral today. Oh, well, he was a wonderful old fellow. Shame to lose him. Not unexpected, but a crying shame. So, were you guys close? Whoopsie doodle. Sorry there, Pastor. Gotta take this. It's the wife. We got cousins over in town. She probably needs some extra groceries. Hello, honey. No, I didn't forget. Four boxes of cereal. Righty-right. 
<laughs> so sweet of you to remind me of the brand. Yup, <laughs> Yuppie Farms granola. Two with raisins and two without. Yes, indeedy. No, no, I, I don't need to write it down. No, not, not, not when I've got you to remind me, honey bunches of oat. Yes, I could use the voice memo on my phone, but I think the old steel trap. Honey? Honey? Right. I guess that was the end of that conversation. My w- <laughs> my wife is a woman on a mission. Yeah, so you were saying uh, about your father-in-law? Ah, uh, yeah, Abe. Good old Abe. Honest Abe. Well, I'll tell you, it was a great celebration of life, and Pastor Stewart, the youth pastor, was so very helpful. I, I shouldn't tell you this, but near the end of the celebration, my daughter Erica stomped out of the fellowship hall. Y- you know teenagers can't live with them, can't live... With them, am I right? Am I right? <laughs> she's a she's a good kid, though. Heart as big as a house and as as, as warm as a a really warm house. But you you've met Ricky, though, so, so you know how it is. Oh yeah, I've I've met Ricky. I I know how it is. Well, teenagers and their hormones. Am I right? I mean, cock a doodle do. So tonight, Ricky was upset about something I don't remember. Probably boys. So. Do you know where she is? No, I mean, uh, well, probably with boys. (laughs) Am I right? Girls and boys. You don't know where she is. (laughs) I mean, I can guess some places, but... Oh, look, it's the wifey again. Hello, star of my night sky. Yeah, yeah, I I do recall that Piggly Wiggly does not carry Yuppie Farms. And yes, the coupons are in my glove compartment, right next to my flask of sugary limeade. (laughs) No, no, only teasing, Care Bear. The only sweetness in my life is you. Yes, I, I, I do know I've gained a little weight, but no, no, I, I was only looking at the danishes that Cousin Rosie brought. Well, if you were to say that, I would say, where's your evidence? <laughs> Hello? Hello? Women, gotta love them, am I right? What were we talking about? Well, you were just telling me about how your vulnerable teenage daughter was out alone, probably with boys. Well, that's the bad news, of course. But the good news is that Pastor Stu is out searching for the young lady in question, even as we speak. So very kind. Pastor Stu is out looking for her? Well, he's always paid a lot of attention to Ricky. I guess I can tell you about six months ago, Ricky got in trouble with a fella from the youth group. I don't have to explain it to you. We're, we're both men of the world, right? And so Pastor Stu talked. Yeah, Pastor Stu, cock-a-doodle-doo, that man is a real lifesaver. He started spending a lot of time with Ricky. Comes by, takes her out, they go places, I guess. What kind of places do they go? Oh, for walks. Oh, out on the lake for ice cream. You, you know, places. He talks through things with her, and then he always is so good to follow up with her mother and with me to tell us exactly what he thinks we need to know about what's going on in uh, Ricky's little world. So, um, they go out alone to these places? I mean, Ricky's a pretty girl, Matt. Oh, very beautiful. Got the best of her mother. Drives the boys crazy. That's that's why it's such a comfort to her mother and me to know she's spending time with Pastor Stu and not one of those fellows that uh, well, I don't have to give it to you in Technicolor, do I? <laughs> yeah, but Pastor Stu's not married, is he? Married? <laughs> True man of the cloth, no. Devotes all of his time to the ministry very dedicated. So he takes her out to these places to get ice cream and to go out on the lake and it's, it's anybody else. Excuse going? me, Pastor. Gotta take this. Yes, my prize, Pumpkin. Okay, you you, you want to make the granola yourself? Uh, so I should go to McBrady's farm and get some oats. 
Well, yeah, the, I mean, they're an hour north of town, and it's Saturday. Oh, you, you called and checked that they were open. Well, uh, righty right. Oh, 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 no, of course your homemade granola is superior. No, 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 I, I, well, I didn't think it was worth saying because it was so obvious. I mean, uh, uh, hello? Oh, boy. You know, Pastor Menzel, sometimes I wonder what my life would be like without my amazing wife. <laughs> I bet it would be pretty quiet. <laughs> pretty quiet. Yes, sir Bob. So, Matt, not to, uh, you know, push anything out of the steel trap here. I just want to get this straight. You regularly let Ricky... R- Ricky regularly goes out alone with Pastor Stewart. Well, they're talking about some really sensitive stuff, you know? Stewart always tells us you've got to get them alone if you really want to get into their souls. But you're a pastor. I'm sure you know how hard it is to work to get past a kid's defensives. Take some doing, you know? Okay, Matt, but the doing that we're talking about does not require a man to regularly take your teenage daughter out alone by himself, the two of them, to talk about the most intimate and vulnerable things that are going on inside that girl's heart. That's a really, really dangerous thing. Well, well, this is Pastor Stewart we're talking about, a warm, understanding, uh, biblically literate man. Listen, I do know Pastor Stewart. I know exactly who we're talking about, and that's what has me even more concerned, Matt. The idea that he would spend time alone... Hold that thought there, partner. Hello, hon. Reporting for duty. Red buckets for the oats, yes. Uh, a double tarp to keep them dry, sure. And six buckets of what else? Buckwheat? Uh, buckwheat in the fuchsia buckets? Yeah. Uh, maybe send me a text with those details, my love? Well, I I normally would, yes, of course. The old steel trap. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm not whining. I could just use some help here. It's a, it's a reasonable... Oh. Oh, you will. Oh, oh, thank you very much. Oh, that is so helpful. No, I'm, I'm not being sarcastic, sweetness. Never. I, I know you don't like it when I'm sarcastic. Hello? Disconnected again. What do you know about that? Uh, Pastor Menzel, I, 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 I think, partner, you're just going to have to paint me a picture of what you're talking about. Uh, because, frankly, if you're saying what I think you're saying, I'm not sure I appreciate it. Let me paint a picture for you, Matt. Your daughter, Erica, as you just said, has been very vulnerable. She's gotten in trouble with boys before. Pastor Stu is a single man. Uh, There are things that I know about this guy. And your daughter, Erica, is a very pretty 19-year-old girl who's very vulnerable for a whole lot of reasons, Matt. Reasons that you may not understand. Reasons that you may be responsible for. Oh. So now this is my fault. Listen, partner, teenage girls aren't something you can control any more than you can control an earthquake. Uh, Teenage girls just happen. You hang on for dear life. There's nothing you can do. Uh, Ricky got in a little trouble, just like kids have been getting in trouble since since the days of the the, the cavemen. And and me and my wife, we just want a little help, you know? And, And so, yeah, we're grateful that a shepherd like Pastor Stu took an interest in our little lamb. Matt, I don't know how else to say this, but this is not sending a lamb to a shepherd. This is sending a lamb to a wolf, and a wolf who barely takes the time to dress up in sheep's clothing. You know, it it must be a pretty sick life for you, mister. Uh, Seeing demons under every rock. Everything is bad with you, and everything is sex with you. Uh, If I thought like you did, I'd blow my ever-loving brains out. Listen to me. I'm telling you 
I would not trust that man alone with my daughter for one second. And here she is being sent to him by you in her most vulnerable state. You have to stop this now. Matt, be a father to your daughter. Well, are we feeling macho, Pastor Menzel? Like, is this how you get your kicks? Why, I have half a mind to settle this the old-fashioned way. Just you and me and... What is it now? No, honey, no. I'm, I'm just a little stressed out. Yes, I... Yes, I know that you have more on your plate than me. Yes, sweetie. What? Yes, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm ready to do whatever to make it right. What? Oh. Oh, boy. Well, I, I, <laughs> I did say whatever. <laughs> What's that? You told the cousins to find a hotel? Well, well, no, that's great. That means I don't need to go get all this grain for you tonight, right? Because... Oh, you, 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 you kicked them out so that we could store all the buckets in the guest bedroom. That, that, that makes good sense. No, I, I completely support your decision. I'll come right home afterwards. Yeah, wonderful, yeah. See you in three hours. Pastor Menzel, I'm sorry. We're not at your location yet, but I think you better get out of the car. Listen, Matt, if there's one thing I've learned in this entire car trip, it's that your wife and your daughter need you to be a husband and a father, and you're not. You know, Pastor Menzel, I'm trying to remember if I asked for your advice. Trying to remember if I, in fact, need your advice. And and, and you know what I'm thinking? I cockadoodle don't. Now please get out of the car. I don't know that we're going to find a clever way of getting him out of here. You're right, dear. I'm just going to have to go out there and I'm going to have to tell him to leave and I'm going to have to make sure that it sticks. By the way, Ricky, I've been aching to tell you what a pretty necklace. Thank you. And what's this hanging in the middle? Pastor Stu, we need to talk. Well, well. The master of the house returns. You've spent enough time on the couch alone with Ricky. What? Alone? Yes. You've left us alone for the past ten minutes. Brandon, what are you talking about? What are you talking about, Brandon? No, really. What are you talking about, Brandon? I think... I think I know, Ricky. We were just talking. Talking about what? Why don't you tell us what you've deduced, Brandon? Or is your whimsical choice of headgear misapplied? Stu, what are you talking about? If Brother Chastine wants to say something, Ricky, I wish he'd come out and say it. Because I think if he actually said what he was thinking, we could all have a good laugh. Okay, Stu, you need to leave right now. (laughs) Oh, Brandon. Yes, I'm sitting on the couch next to Ricky. I sit on rather a lot of couches with a lot of people. It may as well be part of my job description. So tell me, what exactly is it that's bothering you, Brother Chastine? Why are you so keen to keep Ricky here? They say a thief thinks everyone steals. Is that it? Wait, what what are you implying, you wolf? Brandon! Only one of us is showing his teeth right now, Brandon. I've been more than patient tonight. More than patient. Go ahead. Call me names. Brandon, stop. Please. Call me names, Brandon. Do whatever you wish to me. Only leave Ricky out of it. It's okay, Ricky. There's nothing he can say to hurt me. I don't... Stu, you're, you're leaving now. Ricky's going to stay and help with our podcast. Isn't that right, Ricky? Brandon, what's going on? And why are you trying to kick Stu out? You know, Brandon, you never answered my question. 
Why are you so keen to keep Ricky here? Why were you so keen to keep me from knowing she was here in the first place? What? What do you mean? Look, I didn't... Ricky, when I told Brandon that I'd been sent on a mission of mercy to find you, he would neither confirm nor deny, as they say, that you were present in this home. What? I was happy when you came to the door at just that moment. Otherwise, I might be out in the cold, wet night searching for you still. Why would you do that, Brandon? Ricky, you can't trust this guy. Let's take a page out of old Sherlock's book, shall we, and examine the facts of the case? Fact number one, Brandon. On a night of pain and sorrow, you've made yourself available as a place for Ricky to flee from her family. Fact number two, on this night, on the night of her grandfather's funeral, you've tried to keep this girl away from her pastor. And now, fact three, you're trying to isolate her even more from the people that know her best and love her most. Truly, Brother Chastine, I've begun to wonder what sort of influence you have on her and why. Stu, get out or I'll have to pick you up and throw you out. And to top it all off, you're angry and you're making violent threats. Do what you're going to do to me, Brandon, but I'm not going to leave Ricky here with you. And I'm not going to let Ricky go alone with you. Any more than I would let my own daughter... Then it's a good thing I'm not your daughter. Come on, Stu. Unbelievable. I tell you, next time I see Pastor Stu, I'm gonna... I don't know what. I'm going to have words for him, or, or worse, or... Come on, Jake, don't be a hero. Life doesn't work like that. <sighs> Finally, I'm here, and I am soaked. Why, Stu, speak of the devil. Oh, Pastor Mensel. How nice to see you again. Stu, what's going on here? <laughs> it's been too long, Pastor Mensel. Stu, what's going on? I'm just taking young Miss Rosebloom home. She's had a long, hard day, I'm afraid. Yes, I heard. Hello, uh, Erica, is it? Mm, that's my mom's name. Right, I'm sorry, uh, you go by Ricky. We were just leaving, Pastor Mensel. I believe I said that. It's been a trying day for Miss Rosebloom. Okay, um, I'd like to speak to Ricky for a moment. We need to get Miss Rosebloom home and out of the rain. Okay, Stu, I'd just like to talk to Ricky for a moment alone. I believe Miss Rosebloom is quite capable of making her own decisions regarding such things. Ricky, <laughs> would you like to go with this man? Ricky, uh, I know you don't know me, but I'm a pastor and I know Stu pretty well. I'd say you and I are simply acquaintances, Pastor Mensel. I know Stu pretty well, and I saw your dad just now, actually. Oh, yeah? He was worried about you in his way. Well, then I suppose there is a first time for everything. Listen, Ricky, can I just have five minutes of your time? Like I said, I'm a pastor, I'm pretty good friends with the Chastines, and I, I think I know what's going on here, so... I'm Ricky's pastor. Anything you want to say to her, you can say to me, Pastor Mensel. Go ahead, Pastor Mensel. You wanted to say something? This is your chance. Alright, listen, Ricky, like I said, you don't know me well, I know that, and I, I don't know you well. I know your friend Ollie, he's, he's a great guy, and I know that he likes you a lot. So, I don't know you well, but I know that you've spent your whole life having to protect yourself and your brothers and your sisters. And I know that that's been very hard for you. I know your family, Ricky. I know your mom. I know what she's like. I know what your dad's like. Ricky, you know 
probably better than anyone in your family, probably better than most people in your church or in this town, the difference between the truth and a lie, the difference between good and evil. You have a choice before you tonight. You can choose to see what you see, to trust your gut, to trust your instincts, to trust that little voice inside of you that tells you something is off about this man. Listen, I know him better than he lets on. You can choose tonight to see what you see and to trust that, or you can shut your eyes. And you've had to live a whole life with your mom and dad whose eyes are willfully shut, and you know the consequences of shutting your eyes willfully. You know what it's like, so listen to me, Ricky. Listen, trust your gut, and do not go home with this man. I know that I don't know you that well, but I think I know you well enough to know that you know better than this. You're right, Pastor Menzel. You don't know me well. Come on, Stu, let's hit the bricks. I'm sorry about everything that happened back there, Ricky. I can't imagine how painful that was for you. Can I tell you a secret? (laughs) I I just don't care. Ricky, I wouldn't want you to deny your feelings. Not to me. You know what I felt back there? You know what I always feel? You were right. I'm just afraid. But I am sick to death of being afraid. You don't have to be afraid with me, Ricky. I know I don't. You know me so well. Oh, Ricky. I should... I should drop you at home. We can go anywhere you want, Stuart. Ricky, I I do believe it would be wise for me to just drop you at home. You know, that's my favorite line from Harry Potter. What's that, Ricky? Let us step out into the night and pursue that flighty temptress adventure. Hmm, Dumbledore was wise. Or was he? Tonight? I'd be willing to find out. My dad keeps texting me when I'm going to be home. Ricky Bear, is that you? Daddy, is everything okay? It's it's righty right now, darling. Uh, Right as rain. Uh, You were out and I was... I managed to drive around without checking a single thing off the list. And, uh, of course, your mother wasn't overly pleased, but I've had some things on the old noggin and it's just, uh... I'm I'm just happy to see you, sweetie. Oh. Hello, Stuart. Hello, Matthias. You see, I've managed to hunt down your little lamb. You know, I... uh, I've been thinking a lot about you tonight, actually, and uh, thinking about the time you've uh, been spending with Ricky, and... uh, Stu and I are just going to go to my room to talk for a little bit, Daddy. To talk and to pray. Well, Ricky Bear, that that raises an interesting point, because, as I said, the old noggin thing's been rummaging around, and, well, I've just been thinking, it's, well... Daddy, I know what I'm doing. Your daughter is an intelligent young woman, Matthias. Right. Righty right. I guess you know best, Ricky Bear. Oh, look at me. I I worry too much, I guess. Cock-a-doodle-doo. It's it's hard being a father. It's okay, Daddy. You know, Matthias, it's like I've always heard. Anyone can be a father, but it takes someone special to be a dad.
Sound of Sanity was engineered by Benjamin J. Sulzer, produced by Nathan Alberson, executive produced by Jacob Benzel and Nathan Alberson. Till next time, folks. Stay sane.